0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening to this show, then you probably have a good idea that this show is all about exploitation movies, gems in the rough, little scene movies, and movies that should be discovered. Uh, or rewatched, all that good stuff. And today I am going to be talking about a couple of, uh, not my favorites, but a couple of uh, really good gems uh, that you should revisit because they're just so good. <clears throat> and of course, as usual, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold because I have kids, and that means you're sick all winter long, which is just great. Um, anyway, whatever, that's, that's, um, the not fun stuff. Let's talk about fun stuff, which would be movies. So the first movie, and this is going to be kind of wrapping up, um, a a bit of the Halloween movies that I watched. I covered a lot of ground on the Movie Freaks podcast, especially this last one where we just went just back and forth with all sorts of uh, horror movies that we were watching. Just one after the other, after the other, after the other. Well, um... There's a couple that I wanted to uh, to spend a little bit more time on in in more detail than uh, than I was able to on that show. So um, first off, I want to just touch base on one movie that I actually this was this was right after. That podcast that I watched this, so I wasn't even able to talk about this. But I wanted to watch it before Halloween, which I was not able to. Um, this was like the day after Halloween that I watched this. But uh, I revisited the Exorcism of Emily Rose, and one of the reasons that I rewatched this movie was because I listened to the uh, Movie Crypt podcast with Adam Green and Joel Lynch, which I highly recommend checking that show out. Um, they're really cool guys. Uh, I like. Adam Green and his style of filmmaking. He's made Hatchet 1 and 2, uh, Spiral, Frozen, not the Disney movie Frozen, but the uh, the other Frozen. Uh, so good director and a great guy to listen to. And he seems, seems like a genuinely nice guy. Uh, and then Joe Lynch did the uh, way better than expected Wrong Turn 2 and Knights of Badassdom. So good guys, but they interviewed, uh, they interviewed Scott Derrickson on their show and it was really, really, really interesting, uh, his upbringing and how he got into the biz and his style of movie making and, you know, the ups and downs of it and when he got kind of into the big Hollywood movie making machine that, uh, was The Day the Earth Stood Still and then after that he kind of went back to a little bit more personal, um, lower budget movies with Sinister and, um... Uh, he made another one uh that escapes me right now uh delivers from evil was that what it was anyway it was it was good not as good as sinister but anyway uh t- for me personally i think the the exorcism of emily rose is his best work thus far i will say though that uh his Entry, which is his first direct uh, directorial debut, was the uh, the Hellraiser movie, Hellraiser Inferno, which I think is one of the best Hellraiser movies. This little direct to video sequel th- that was almost an in name only uh, movie that they tacked on Pinhead a little bit, and it works. It, it's a really, really, really good movie. So I urge you to check that one out. Um, but the one I want to talk about today is Exorcism of Emily Rose. Now this is one where some movies. Uh, benefit so much from a director's cut or an unrated version, whatever. And in fact, I watched uh, The Watchmen last night, the super-duper awesome extended, extended, extended version, and it is so good. And everything that's in there needs to be in there and feels like it fits. Uh, this, is, this one here, though, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, was PG-13, and I remember when it came out, I'm like, really? PG-13? Come on. This is a 2005 movie. So it's already 10 years old. Uh, Watched it with my co-host, Derek Marner. We went up to Maslin Movie Theater and watched it. And we were totally blown away with it, with just how unbelievably scary this movie was. And it truly is scary. Um, This is proof that you don't need an R rating to make a genuinely, horrifically scary movie. This is right up there with The Exorcist as far as that unsettling, I feel really uncomfortable watching this type of thing, uh, it, which is a good thing. I like to feel that way. I like when a movie can get to me like that, and this movie did get to me like that. Um, it, the, the tone of the movie um, was so oppressive, I guess you could say, And uh, the score, everything about the movie just, it worked. It worked so, so good. But uh, getting back to the rating, um, so I hear when it's coming out on DVD, uh, and then after a while, Blu-ray, this this is back in 2005. uh, Ooh, unrated cut. All right, so what's what's the unrated version like? This is one of those movies that... um, I can't tell a I, I don't notice a discernible difference. And there is even movies where 30 seconds or a minute more makes the movie so much more visceral and, and mean. This movie here, it still feels honestly kind of like a PG thirteen rated movie. I think some of the stuff that they uh that they added in, I believe were like instead of black and white photos of Emily. Uh, Emily's, like, her picture of... Okay, I, I guess I should get into the actual storyline of this movie. Uh, young girl goes to college, gets possessed, and most of the movie is a courtroom drama, which is so good, and you're so invested in that courtroom drama with this priest that tried to exorcise Emily Rose of these demons, and in doing so, and this is no spoiler, this is what the movie's about, uh, in doing so, uh, it kills her. And so that's what the the whole movie's about, but I believe that some of the stuff in the PG-13 rated version were, they show pictures of her deceased, and uh, I believe those pictures were in black and white, and here in the movie, they're kind of colorized, I guess, but it's kind of, it's still off color, I guess you could say, but anyway, regardless, um, I don't want to harp on that too long, because it really doesn't make a difference to me, uh, so if you only watch this movie, PG-13 rated version, it doesn't matter, I don't think you're m- missing uh, the what makes the movie so good and what it is. Uh, whereas some movies it, you definitely need to check out the extended version or the unrated version. Um, so, but Tom Wilkinson's in this Campbell Scott, uh, Laura Linney, and she is so good in this as the attorney that is, uh, that has to, uh, that she is, uh, the attorney of, uh, The priest, uh, Tom... I'm just fumbling my words here because I'm half sick. Uh, Tom Wilkinson's character. So she's representing him, uh, the defendant. And uh, it's just such a good movie. And as scary and oppressive as it is, it actually has a genuinely positive uh, message of faith, which is so impressive uh, for, for how scary it is and how evil it sometimes gets. It's still... Um I mean this movie here could almost be considered um i don't want to say a christian movie, but it kind of is but i and I would never ever recommend this to most of my family and friends uh just because it is very much a you know a demonic possession movie, but man, it is so good and so well made uh for a lower budget movie <clears throat> but i just i like how things are wrapped up uh that there may be no happy happy endings uh, in movies like this cuz this this the closest thing i can compare this to honestly is the exorcist and the exorcist i still think is that is the uh go to movie for exorcist exorcism type things and there's been a lot of movies that revolve around exorcisms and The Exorcist is the granddaddy of them all. And it still holds up today. It's not an easy watch. Uh, In fact, Exorcism of Emily Rose is a lot easier to watch than The Exorcist. And I think a lot of that is due to just how oppressive that movie is. And evil... Like, that movie just feels evil. And even when it's done, it's like, Oh, right. Good triumphed over evil. Eh, You you just don't feel that way in that movie. So, uh, anyway. But I highly recommend you check out this movie. It... Is based on a true story. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details. Uh, sure, there. I'm sure that there were some things that were accurate, and then there was, I'm sure, some things that were not. But this is one of the first movies, if not the first movie, that utilized CGI, and it's been done before, especially in, uh, oh, what was the movie called? Um, Grave Encounters. Uh, Where you look at a person, and the person's face, like almost like in a split second, kind of melts, and their eyes turn black, and like their face kind of just like melts. And it's a split second thing, and it works so well and is so scary. Uh, And it's done in this movie. This is the best use of that little scary technique, Uh, as well as bones cracking. Like when Emily is possessed, we see her. Going through different like different transformations and uh, like extreme yoga, uh, as seen through the eyes of a possessed woman, and it, it it's just creepy. Ugh, it's creepy. So and she does a really good job. I believe that is um, what is her name uh, that, that plays Emily. She was actually in some other movies as as well. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter, and uh, she was in. Uh, That's it. She was in quarantine, uh, which she was actually the uh, the uh, host of the the late night show that was being shot in this uh, fire department in quarantine, which I think is a pretty good movie. It's not great, but it's a it's a good movie. Uh, So anyway, she's been in some other stuff and uh, she did really, really good in this movie. So I highly recommend uh, you check this movie out if you haven't. I mean, if you're listening to this show, this is one that you've probably watched but uh, it's it's a good one to revisit, and even at two hours for a horror movie, that's getting pretty long, but it's it's so worth it, and it doesn't feel like two hours, especially because majority of the movie is courtroom drama, but it's so intense and it's so well done, and you want to find out like what what happened and uh, how did this whole thing go down and the actual exorcism scene while being truly terrifying does not go the route of The Exorcist, and I'm glad that they don't. I, I'm glad that they make it their own thing. So anyway, check the movie out. Highly recommended. I'm sure you've seen it already, but if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again because it's totally worth it. So, Next up is a movie from the 70s, and you know, at this point, I'm pushing 100 episodes almost. I may have talked about this movie. I probably did. I don't remember anymore. So I'm going to talk about it again. And that is 1977's The Sentinel. And the reason I'm going to be talking about this movie is, one, it ties in a bit with the lack, with the exorcism of Emily Rose and beings. Uh, the, it, the movie is a spiritual type thing. But also, I have this now on Blu-ray. Finally, uh, this is one that I... Uh, I I very seldomly watch DVDs anymore because it's just too painful. I don't like the quality and the sound. Uh, So I generally try to watch Blu-ray or HD streaming or nothing. And this is one that was not available for the longest time. So because I like the movie so much, I would just revisit it on DVD and revisit it on DVD again and again. I watched this movie numerous times on DVD Finally, it's on Blu-ray. So, I'm going to give just a short synopsis here of the movie. When a beautiful model, Alison Parker, rents an apartment in a gloomy New York brownstone, little does she realize that an unspeakable horror awaits her behind its doors, a mysterious gateway to hell. Alison likes her eccentric new neighbors, so it comes as a shock when she's told that, except for a strange old priest, she's the only tenant. Based on Jeffrey Convitz's best-selling novel, this contemporary gothic chiller features amazing special effects by legendary Dick Smith uh, and an incredible ensemble cast starring Chris Sarandon, uh, Jose Ferrer, uh, John Carradine, Burgadeth Meredith, Beverly D'Angelo, Jeff Goldblum's in this, Tom Berenger, and Christopher Walken. Directed by Michael Winner of Death Wish, comes up with uh, something to terrify everyone in this spine-tingling exercise in supernatural horror. So this movie came on the heels of The Omen and The Exorcist, and it works so well. This I consider to be uh, a gem in the rough, and it took me a long time to finally watch this movie, and this is even after some friends of mine told me, you really should check this out. This is way back in the VHS days. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. This is probably not going to be good. I finally watched it. Wow, what a great movie. This is uh, this is right up there with the original Omen. And even, I, honestly, even uh, The Exorcist. It's not, uh, it's a bit different, but it still has its spiritual aspect about it. And I, I think it's cool that um, this feels just a little tiny bit like, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, which The Beyond came out in 1980, 81. And uh, I don't think that Lucio Fulci stole from this movie, but the whole gateway to hell in a hotel or a big building, eh, similar to The Beyond, just a little bit, just a little bit. But what makes this movie so good is it's it's only 90 minutes long, but it, it's very um, leisurely paced and uh it it takes its time to build up and then just i don't want to say when you're getting bored cuz i've never bored in this movie but just when you're like okay what's going to happen something majorly happens like a big set piece happens and it's like oh man that was crazy or that was really scary and this movie really is scary without being a the loud shock jump you know jump out of screen into into frame scares it's just got that Creepy atmosphere feel to it, and it works incredibly well. Uh, Chris Sarandon is great in this. And if you don't know who Chris Sarandon is, come on. Uh, horror fans should know who this guy is. He is a great actor. He was in Princess Bride, Fright Night, Child's Play. He was in Bordello of Blood, uh, the uh, Tales from the Crypt movie, which I will say I think is another gem in the rough. I actually quite enjoyed that movie upon rewatching the Blu ray. It's one you should give another watch to. Uh, he was in... Uh, well, yes. Anyway, he, you know who the guy is. He's great. And he's, he's really good in this as well. So, uh, anyway, this is definitely one that, if you haven't seen, it's worth buying the Blu-ray to watch it. Trust me, it's that good. Uh, it's, uh, it's... I think mainly because it, ki- it felt like it kind of got lost in the shuffle of other supernatural thrillers back in the day, and it's, it's, it's a worthy offering in that time period, and it still holds up. In fact, I don't think that this would be... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this gets remade eventually, but it, it's one that the 70s feel adds to the movie. The, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, I like the fact that this was shot in the mid-2000s. I like the look of it and the fact that it is a newer movie and it has CGI in it. And the CGI is done very, very well. And it's a movie of its time and it works. And same with The Sentinel. The Sentinel is a movie of the 70s. Uh, it's not a cheesy 70s movie. It's it's not. It's a very well-made, I hate to say well-made Exorcist, Omen ripoff. But it, it's in that vein and it works And if you're not creeped out by the last 20 minutes of the movie, then good for you. I'm impressed. But I thought it was a solid movie. So anyway, check that one out. Hey, and while I'm on it, uh, I did want to, because I have a little bit more time here, uh, I did want to talk about the Tales from the Crypt movies. I got those on Blu-ray. And I will say this. I had not watched Bordello of Blood since the theater in 1996. Oh, and Demon Knight is just awesome. And ho- most horror fans like Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Uh, Ernest uh, Dickerson directed it. It's just a cool movie. Great special effects. Uh, great cast. Jada Pinkett's in it. And Billy Zane is just, he's a perfectly cast uh, demonic bad guy in it. And uh, Dick Miller's in it and uh, uh, a lot of actors that you know are in that movie. And You're watching it like, oh, he's in it, oh, he's in it, oh, she's in it, wow. And it's a great movie. Bordello of Blood was the follow-up, 1996. I was really excited because Demon Knight was so good. Well, then this thing comes out, and I did not like it when it came out in the theater. I only watched it once, but I had to revisit it on Blu-ray, of course. And guess what? It's actually not that bad. I would go so far as to say I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, and then, then you watch the 35 minute not behind the scenes but retrospective interview type thing on the Blu-ray and then you find out what really went down with this movie and that would be Dennis Miller. That's what, that's what went down with this movie. So um, I've been a mild fan of Dennis Miller's Uh, until this movie. Uh, He seems like a complete and total asshole. Uh, And that's pretty much almost everybody uh, in a roundabout way says that. Uh, The guy should have never been in this movie to begin with, but uh, the producers threw a million bucks at him, and so he starred in it, and he was a jerk on set, and he wanted to shoot all of his scenes first thing, Uh, when they started rolling so that he could get out of there. So he wasn't even on set that much. He would just get his stuff shot, and then he'd leave, and then the rest of the actors would have to act against not him, another actor filling in, and it was really difficult. Uh, He badmouthed the movie on late night, like the the late night shows. And uh, it's interesting listening to Corey Feldman, who I really like Corey Feldman. I've liked him throughout his entire career, but listening to him talk about how this guy acted, uh, yeah, stay out of the movies, Mr. Dennis Miller, keep to your right wing Republican BS, whatever you like to spew, uh, but not impressed at all. He even changed the script up. Like he, he would just come in and like, I don't like this. I rewrote my stuff. I want to make it this way. Uh, so not impressed. I will say this, though. He is a comedian, and he has some really funny lines that I'm guessing that he came up with. But um, be a professional. You know, wh- even if it's something silly like Bordello of Blood, try to be a professional. Like, I'm, I'm not an actor. I wish I would be in movies. Uh, I would be a professional. That's that's what you try to be. So, uh, I, and again, watching this, I really wish that Corey Feldman would get more roles uh, I just think he's a cool actor. I mean, he yes, he is a child of the 80s, and most of us remember him from Lost Boys and, and Goonies and stuff like that and, and Stand By Me, but uh, I enjoy him. and He truly feels, he seems like he truly loves cinema and being in movies, and he's just honored and happy to be in these things. Uh, so anyway, uh, not to go off on a long tangent here, but the movie is fairly straightforward bordello of blood. It is a whorehouse with vampires. There you go. There's not much to the movie, but it's fun. And, uh, it, it could have been excellent. Like it could have been a demon night, which demon night truly is to me. Demon night feels like, uh, kind of like from dusk to dawn, A, a kind of a version of from dusk to dawn, but the practical effects in it are so good. And even in this movie, there's some good practical effects and there's some, some cheesy, but fun CGI that, while dated, I'm like, that's actually not that bad for how they're utilizing it. And it's kind of goes along with the cheesy feel of this movie. Uh, but it's definitely one to revisit, even, even just to watch that 35 minute, uh, retrospective with interviews from the cast. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just Dennis Miller. Uh, there was other, uh, people on set that just, it didn't seem like they were really, uh, in it it's it, like, it, like, They they weren't really, their hearts weren't in the movie, I guess. And that's unfortunate. Uh, But there was a lot of things that they did wrong with this movie. And and they talk about that. And it's just interesting to hear that stuff. That's what I I love about Blu-rays and even DVDs, is that you get these retrospective-type things on a lot of these movies where you don't always get that stuff on the streaming things. Although I do believe now there is more... Uh, special features that are popping up for but those are for new releases i' don't not i don 't believe that there's for these older movies so uh, but it was really, really interesting and it it paints bordello blood in a totally new light watching it you 're like you know this is about as good as they could have made this movie with under the circumstances that they were shooting in, and it just wasn 't good and there were things that were not planned out right, and the crew that was hired it just everything was difficult, but the end product wasn't bad, Uh, wasn't bad at all, I enjoyed it, but Demon Knight though, uh, man, what a fun movie that was, um, I know that sounds hokey, but it, it was just a kick-ass movie, you know, it, uh, it was funny, and, uh, it was well-directed, and, uh, uh, they even get into a little bit of the of the uh, religious aspect in this movie. So it's not just demons trying to break into this hotel and there's a group of people in the hotel fighting off the demons. They actually do a little bit of like some flashback stuff here and there of, uh, of Jesus on the cross because the whole, the whole thing of the movie is there's, there's a person that through the ages he has got this little vial of uh, Jesus' blood from the cross and these demons are after it and there's a lot more to it than just that but that's the so finally this billy zane character billy zane's character he finally catches up with the one guy that has the smile of blood they hold up in this hotel and billy zane and the demons are trying to get in there's a lot more to it than that as far as there's these star tattoos on this guy's hand that tie into it and uh but it's just it's really really well made in fact it didn't even need to have tales from the crypt tacked onto it to make it a tales from the crypt movie i mean this could have been this could have totally stood on its own although i will say that the opening with the crypt keeper and the closing are really really funny and 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 fit uh but this is a this is one of the very best horror movies from the 90s and if you're into funny Action horror movies, and that this is more of an action horror movie. If you're into that type of thing, check this movie out. It's really good, and even Bordello of Blood. Uh, if you do watch that, I urge you to watch the special features, and even the special features on this are really good. Although things seem to go very smoothly on this uh, with the in the retrospective, and that probably is why the movie is a better movie because things went went good on the movie. So, anyway. Great movie. Uh, so I covered actually more movies than I thought I would, um, and I'm going to probably start to wrap up here. Uh, so anyway, Sentinel, uh, big thumbs up, check it out. Exorcism of Emily Rose, definitely give that one a rewatch. It holds up so well, and I have a feeling that that one's going to hold up 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I think that that is going to be, uh, not, while well, not The Exorcist, it is going to be up there with the best possession movies ever made, I think. And then re- re- revisiting the Tales from the Crypt movies. And there was one other Tales from the Crypt movie, Ritual, that was a, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, just Let's just stick with the first two, shall we? It's unfortunate that they didn't continue that series because it was, uh, it started so strong with Demon Knight. And then they stumbled a little bit with Bordello Blood and then they completely fell on their face with Ritual. Uh, it's unfortunate because that would have been great to have that as an ongoing, you know, one every other year or whatever uh, series, even with the Dark Castle movies. man. Why didn't they continue with those Dark Castle movies? Uh, they, were, they were really good. Ghost Ship and uh, House on Haunted Hill. I wish there'd be more of those. So. Anyway, I'm blabbing now. You can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com for any questions, comments, movies I should watch, movies I should stay away from, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Make sure to tune in to Cinema Sidekicks, our friends over at iTunes. And, of course, uh, the other show that I co-host with Eric Marner, Movie Freaks now that we have the big Halloween month done where we talked and talked and talked and talked about horror movies we 're going to get back into normal movie talk, which is going to be a lot about horror movies uh, and other stuff of course uh, we 're going to be w- winding down the top one hundred in this month, and then the top ten will be the, the final top ten will be in December, so make sure you tune into that to find out what is. Our, what are our favorite movies of all time? And uh, they're leading up to. I, I would say once we hit about number thirty or forty, it was getting uh, like I was still shifting movies around in my list. And now it's pretty much it's set in stone. Like the movies that are on that list, they're not moving. They're where they should be. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about those. So anyway, and we may even have a special guest uh, or two. So just tune in and find out here soon. Uh, So anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. Tune in next time for Lord only knows what I'm going to talk about. Thanks for listening.